0: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a new episode of Market Bites. My name is Josh Gilbert, and today I'm joined by Ben Laidler, our global market strategist here at Etoro. Uh, Our usual host, Mr. Sam North, is is up living it up uh, in the French Alps uh, in Valfren skiing, so I hope he's having a good time. But, Ben, how are you? Thank you very much for joining. Yeah, good. More importantly, how are you? Recovered from your jet lag? Just about yeah, getting there. We obviously had our analyst on site uh, last week for for those listening. So I took the big trip over to to the UK and only got back about a day or so ago. So yeah, the jet lag is is really kicking in. So yeah, I am I am getting there. Um, but it was a it was a big week uh, when we did have the analyst on site. We obviously covered everything. Uh, from markets alike but we we had quite a few things thrown at us didn't we Ben in terms of sort of this this banking crisis um, that has sort of been thrown at us so I think that we're probably going to make that the topic of this week just to sort of give everyone a bit of an explainer understand exactly what's going on I've had a lot of questions come at me from not just people within the finance space but even um, sort of friends and family I think wanting to to know what's going on it has been the talk of the markets for the past week so so let's get into it ben we'll, we'll sort of dive straight in and hopefully you know break this down in a simple manner that everyone can understand so let's start back at, at the beginning um we had svb Silvergate. we've now got credit suisse ubs there is plenty going on um so ben for our listeners can you take us back to the start simply break this down for us what has happened here and right. why this is happening
1: yeah, so it's pretty simple, right? So as you say, four banks have failed, three in the US, uh, one in Switzerland. Uh, they've either been taken over by the authorities um, or in the case of CS, they've been taken over by their crosstown rival UBS uh, with the help and support of the authorities. Um, the reasons this happening you know, varies by individual bank, but if there's a common driver, it's the stresses from the Fed's dramatic near 5% increase in interest rates uh, in the past year. Uh, That's the largest and fastest uh, increase in interest rates, you know, certainly in recent history. And it's basically starting to cause things to break amongst the banks that were either poorly prepared for those increases, you know, like SVB, or were already having problems Mm. uh, like uh, Credit Suisse. And this essentially just sort of tipped them uh, over the edge.
0: Yeah, and and it's sort of it did feel that like it maybe came out of, of left field a little bit. I think it took maybe quite a few people by surprise, but uh, I guess, you know, diving deeper into it was maybe something that uh, was on the horizon, given everything that, that sort of been happening, I guess with, with sort of markets and, um, and i mentioned it a minute ago just briefly there that, that i've had conversations with you know people that are outside of the finance world about this sort of situation it has sort of caught you know headline news and, and it is what most people are sort of discussing and the first question they ask is you know, what does this mean for for me what does it mean for my money in the bank uh, and i guess that that's probably a question that, that the the listeners are are asking themselves as well so to break that down into a question that you can answer ben you know, is there going to be contagion to larger banks here? Um, is this something that, you know, people should be worried about? You know, we've got those big names, JP Morgan, um, you know, right. got huge names in, in the UK, here in Australia. So so what is, you know, what, what is the next step from here? Are people's money safe?
1: Yeah, I don't think people should be worried. Uh, money is safe. You know, all bank systems have some form of deposit insurance where your deposits are explicitly guaranteed uh, by the government. Uh, up to a limit—that's uh, two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars in the U.S. But what we've seen in the past week is that guarantee uh, was extended to all deposits, you know, at the problem banks. Um, so basically, the authorities are standing behind you here. And and it's, you know, put this in context: the authorities have two cast iron goals. One is to protect the broader banking system because it's so important to to, to the broader economy, uh, and secondly. To protect depositors, uh, and they have the tools to do it. Um, you know, it's a bit different if you're a shareholder uh, or a bondholder of those banks rather than a depositor. Uh, you know, you may be indirectly protected, but you're not the priority. The priority is the system, the priority is uh the depositors, and uh they have the tools to um uh to uh, to manage this.
0: Okay, well that's a good thing to know. That's good to that's good to take that off the list and and put everyone's minded at ease a little bit there um and i think another question that you know that i think has come up you know quite a lot is that when we sort of had probably the most recent severe recession you know going back to 2007 2008 was obviously the global financial crisis and, and that was obviously driven you know by banks and, and over leverage but what are some of the lessons that we can learn from those sort of banking crises is that we had in the past and, and how can we apply these to the current situation that we've got
1: Yeah. So this is much more sort of plain vanilla, right? 2008 was much bigger, right? It was liquidity crisis, but it was also a credit crisis. You know, people couldn't repay their loans. That's not the case right now. It was also a lot of the problems were outside of the banking sector. You know, they were, they were in investment banks. They were in, you know, other sort of financial intermediaries outside of the banking sector. So the authorities found it quite difficult to deal with that again is not the case sort of this time round. Um, and, you know, a big reason I see this as a sort of individual bank issue and not a broader concern is precisely because we all lived through the 2008 global financial crisis. And more recently, for those of us in Europe, the 2010s Eurozone debt crisis, you know, but be- precisely because of that, you know, banks are now more tightly uh, regulated. They're forced to have more capital. They're forced to have, you know, more liquidity. And basically, they're forced to be a lot more uh, conservative. Um and, you know, there were always going to be problems. I mean, just remember, there are 4,700 banks in the US and something similar in Europe, right? So somebody's always going to go bankrupt. Um, the question is, you know, does that, does that impact the entire system? And I don't think that's uh, uh, the case this time. The other thing that's different, again, because we lived through 2008 uh, in the US and 2010s in, in Europe, is governments and central banks um, have much bigger and better tools to deal with these types of issues now. Uh, and you're seeing them. Um, you know, we've had three hundred billion dollars of support to the U.S. banks from the Fed. Uh, we saw one hundred and fifty billion dollars of support uh, to the Swiss banks from um, the from the Swiss National Bank. Uh, we've seen the Chinese get involved. We've seen the European Central Bank come out saying, you know, they're ready if needed. Um, so, you know, it's not only about banks being better prepared; authorities are also much better prepared.
0: So, after a lot of people haven't been very happy with central banks, what you're telling us is that we should all be very happy with central banks at the moment yeah Um, they've got your back okay good now that's yeah that's that's good to know for now so i think over the weekend um we had some pretty big developments there was a, a lot of you know, conversation on the street about you know potential takeovers, potential bids coming in for some of these bigger banks. You know, we had conversations around SVB, but the big news was that UBS was set to buy Credit Suisse in a deal that was worth in excess of three point two billion US dollars. So, break that down for us. Why have they bought it? Why is it important? And and what does it mean?
1: Right. So, Credit Suisse, um, to put it in context, you know, is one of the thirty was one of the thirty most important banks in the world nearly 600 billion dollars of assets um that's three times the size of SVB so a much bigger deal um and but both Credit Suisse and Switzerland are pretty unique and that are real outliers globally and I think it's important to sort of understand that you know Credit Suisse was already having plenty of problems uh, I don't need to tell you that you just need to look at their share price right massively underperformed uh, for years and years um but Switzerland also, you know, uniquely exposed to its banking system. You know, bank loans as a percentage of Swiss GDP are about 150%, right? That's three times what they are in in the US. So when the issues of the past, you know, couple of weeks started started to tip Credit Suisse, you know, over the edge, the Swiss National Bank uh, essentially engineered uh, a rescue uh, and funded a rescue and supported a rescue by uh, its crosstown rival, you know, UBS. And, you know, UBS about two and a half times the size of, of Credit Suisse. And the hope is that with the support of the Swiss National Bank, with the the scale and size of UBS, um, that combination will um, you know be able to work through this issue and stabilize uh, the, the problems that Credit Suisse is having.
0: Okay, yeah. And we mentioned the word stabilizing there. I think that's quite a, a key word to mention because I think that's going to be the key, right? Moving forward, we want to see, a, you know, this situation stabilize and I think that then takes us to the next point that I wanted to sort of bring up and which I ultimately think is probably going to be the bottom line for most people sort of listening you know what does all of this mean for investors right how does this impact US and European stocks more broadly because you know although you know as we said that this isn't a sort of 2007-2008 situation what are the broader impacts that we could maybe expect across you know stock markets here?
1: right so so i hope and think this is going to be a temporary storm but as i say these bank issues are sort of individual not systemic the authorities are keep responding very forcefully um but there will be macro impacts i basically see our you know our 2023 investment case that we you know we've talked about being accelerated you know the economy will slow faster now inflation will come down faster uh, and interest rates will peak uh, and also come down sooner so, you know, previously I think I talked about a sort of U-shaped recovery. You know, we we're going to spend some time sort of bouncing around at the bottom as we waited for economies to cool and inflation to calm down. I think this is now all uh, sort of turbocharged and it's become more of a sort of V-shaped uh recovery, which, you know, I'll say it quietly, makes us, you know, a little bit more positive, right? To the extent that we can now sort of see over to the other side of uh See, see over to the other side uh, of the, uh, you know, of the valley, and 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 the recovery that that may actually have been pulled forward here.
0: Yeah, and and I think you know to to, to touch on that point, we have absolutely seen that already, haven't we? You know, we've seen broad rallies in risk assets from tech to crypto. Um, you know, tech is I think the best performing sector year to date. Crypto, the best performing asset year to date. So I think that you know, I guess the big question now is coming back to the sort of financial conditions being tightened. Uh, yeah. you know can we continue that sort of rally across those assets but I think we've obviously got a big decision depending on when people listen to this from the Federal Reserve um today uh in obviously the UK depending when they listen to it we might have already had this news so we'll try and keep it a little bit more broad what do you expect to happen do you think the Federal Reserve pause the market is anticipating or expecting a 25 basis point move either way you sort of touched on it there but has this dramatically dialed down rate expectations?
1: Yeah, I think so. So, you know, banks are not in crisis, but they will respond to, you know, this uncertainty by becoming more cautious in their lending and their regulators are just going to be all over them, um, you know, anyway. Um, And so the way to think about this, I think, is that the banks are basically going to do the Feds and other central banks' job for them uh, by cooling the economy and lowering inflation by basically lending less. Uh, so what that means is central banks will now need to raise interest rates less and be able to cut sooner. Um, and so basically, I think we're right at the top of the interest rate cycle uh, sort of globally, um, you know, a bit sooner than expected. Um, and at the risk of being sort of heroically wrong by the time that investors listen to this, you know, I do think um, we're going to see one final small 25 basis point hike from the Fed today. And their outlook is going to be fairly balanced or, or, or dovish. I don't think they're going to want to pour gasoline on this sort of banks fire that's already smouldering, and where they've already provided three hundred billion dollars uh, of support, to, you know, to the banks, I don't think they're going to do that with the one hand and turn around with the other hand and and sound sort of overly uh, overly hawkish here.
0: Yeah. Okay. So to to summarize, before we move on to sort of the last sort of question I've got, it feels like we're not all doom and gloom. You know, it feels like there is sort of a bit of a way out of this. We are sort of seeing that. Um, you know, in some cases, positivity that investors had expected be accelerated, as you say, that slowdown from the Federal Reserve. Um, they're not going to want to over sort of tighten, which has obviously, you know, led to those broader valleys in in sort of risk assets uh, in, in tech and uh, crypto, uh, you know, alike. I think one question we maybe haven't covered yet is just sort of the broader view of, of sort of financials from here uh, for the full year how do we now approach that financial sector should investors approach with caution what what's the view there right. uh, in terms of the overall sector
1: yeah so you know if the bank issues are individual and not systemic as i think then this sort of broad 10% banks pullback you've seen in recent weeks should you know should reverse but um you know bank stocks medium term outlook has definitely changed for the worse um, lower interest rates, you know, won't help them, slower growth won't help them. And you know, investors, I think, are just going to be naturally more cautious as they look at bank valuations and try and decide what banks are worth now. Um, you know, more broadly, um, this is an environment of higher earnings risks. Um, you know, if 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 the slowdown's been brought forward, that's gonna you know, less good for cyclical stocks, that's less good for commodities, less good for small caps, you know, less good for banks. Um, but um, the more sort of growth-sensitive assets, um, you know, if we're going to see lower inflation, we're going to see lower bond yields, we're going to see lower valuation risks, I think that's better for sort of traditional defensives, you know, like healthcare, like high dividend yield, uh, as well as big tech, uh, which you talked about. So, um, you know, yes, it's probably, a, you know, on balance, a slightly more bullish environment, um, but uh, it is more positive for some assets, you know, relative relative to others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, as I say, quick summary to, to sort of get through all that, it's not going to be sort of the end of the world. And I think you wrote about it in, in your explainer. So there's a couple of two great explainers and I'll link both of them in, in the bio uh, of the podcast for, for those that want to read them and Ben sort of breaks down, you know, both the sort of SVB crisis and the sort of UBS takeover of, of credit Suisse very well in, in sort of two written, Uh, Breakdowns um, that I will link that that everyone can read. But you made a great point in there talking about the Federal Reserve that was set up to protect the financial system and not to to manage interest rates. And I guess that's a key takeaway here is that you know these central banks are going to do whatever it takes to to sort of ensure that we don't sort of have a financial implosion, if if you like. So the, the takeaway here, I think, is that you know, it, it's maybe not all doom and gloom as, as we have sort of read, you know, it is going to be more positive and, and we've just sort of brought forward that that sort of tight, tightening that we would have got uh, from from the Federal Reserve. So look, I guess this situation is is probably going to develop here further. Um, we've obviously got the Federal Reserve, as we mentioned, uh, overnight, um, but we will sort of keep an eye on this situation and we will cover it. So if anything does develop, Ben, we'll, we'll be sure to, to sort of get you back on and break it down for us. Yeah, please don't. hopefully the the central banks or other banks don't break anything too much before then um but again if if anybody you know wants to sort of know more you know you can head over to the etoro academy uh where we've got guides videos everything that you need to know as well as ben's explainers on these financial situations and of course uh, if you're enjoying the podcast uh, please remember to like share subscribe and send it to your friends you know if there's someone that isn't understanding what's going on in markets right now we're here to, to sort of break that down and help you understand it so please make sure to share it with everyone uh but ben thank you very much for joining
1: Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Uh, Trade safe, everyone.
0: Thanks, everyone. Enjoy your week and speak soon. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.